I can accept the fact that I am going to live on one spectrum or another. And so how can I use that? How can I find moderation in allowing myself to swing from one end of the spectrum to the other instead of trying to force myself to live in the middle of the spectrum that I never will live in? This is the What Works Podcast, and I'm your host, Tara McMullen. If you want to build a business that can stand the test of time, you need to figure out what works for you and your small company. That's why every week I talk with real small business owners about what's really working for them. I want to help you fill in all the details of how others do what they do so you can fill in the details that work for you. My guest this week is Michelle Warner, a business strategist who designs businesses built for growth. She works with tech and online businesses to help them move from month-to-month survival to long-term stability, sustainability, and growth built on a real foundation. She's been in the digital and tech space for over 15 years. She was the CEO of a seven-figure tech startup, and she holds an MBA from the University of Chicago, one of the world's top business schools. She loves nothing more than fitting the pieces of the puzzle together that form the foundation of a strong business. When she's not designing businesses, you can find her backpacking the mountains around her Colorado home or on a surf mission somewhere around the world. Michelle shared with me that despite her success, she'd always struggled with time management. In fact, she told me she'd, quote, always been a disaster at time management. But a chance encounter with Ayurvedic medicine helped her turn everything around. I asked Michelle what she had tried before to get her time management problem in order, how she discovered Ayurveda, what she's changed about her lifestyle and work style since, and how those things impact the way she structures her business and her time. Michelle admits this unusual approach won't work for everyone, but I love that she's willing to share her unconventional solution so that you can find an unconventional solution for yourself. Now, let's find out what works for Michelle Warner. Michelle Warner, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Well, as we were just talking in our in kind of our pre-interview, I am super excited about this topic because we're going to talk about time management and we're going to talk about kind of, um, you know, running our business, but we're going to talk about it from a wellness perspective and and sort of the discoveries that you've made around that uh, over the last few years. So to start off, you told me that you've, quote, always been a disaster at time management. And I'm sure uh, plenty of folks can relate. I know I can relate. I have also been a disaster at time management and getting better, but you know, mostly a disaster. Um, So what did your particular time management disaster look like? And what kind of consequences were you experiencing because of it? It's so funny you asked this first, because I am such a disaster at it was such a disaster at it. And I think it looked for me a lot different than it looks for most people. And so First of all, when this was really happening at its core, I was still in corporate jobs and I was actually a founder of a tech startup that was um, making millions of dollars a year. So we were very highly successful, high level positions. And what I was doing to myself was that I could not get anything done during the business day if it wasn't pre-scheduled meeting or client call, like I was high functioning, right? I was doing amazing things. But if it wasn't something that I had to show up at and be present with my team, if it was me sitting at my desk saying that from 10 to 1130, I need to work on X project, I just wouldn't do it. 
Um, and so I would completely rebel against any kind of scheduling of my own thing because what I thought was going on was that I was rebelling and procrastinating against being told that I had to be somewhere from nine to five. Because what would happen is I would not do it all day because it was pre-scheduled in. And then I would go home at night and do all my work. So it's not when you say what consequences did you experience? It's not that work wasn't getting done, deadlines weren't being met, I wasn't achieving things. I was achieving things at a high level, but I was doing it by creating two work days for myself. Because when I pre-scheduled in the work during my actual work day, I would get so mad at that that I wouldn't do it. And so therefore, then I would go do it later. So it was really, really ridiculous, to be honest <laughs> with you. Yeah, that sounds ridiculous and awful. And also, again, I'm sure a lot of people can relate and I can totally relate to being able to hold down appointments with other people, yep. but trying to do the time blocking, trying to say, this is my appointment with myself, or this right. is my CEO time is a really hard appointment to keep. What did you find yourself doing in that time that wasn't what you were supposed to be doing? Oh, I was emailing, I was surfing the internet, I was trying to discover errands I had to run, anything. <laughs> like I could just not and and you know, I think now there's a combination of reasons why, but I could not be told to sit in an office at a specific time, I would lose my mind. I think a piece of that is just my entrepreneurial self, you know, I was I'm just not meant to be an employee. Um but a piece of it was also trying to structure my day in that way and digging in on something that inherently just didn't work for me. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm sure you tried to solve this problem in many different ways. It sounds like one of them was kind of time blocking or making appointments for yourself. And we've established now that that did not work. Um, so what were some of the other things that you tried to do to get this disaster in order? And why do you think they didn't work for you? Um, you know, it really was going down that that whole of all the productivity hacking. Because again, at the time, I was very deep into Silicon Valley startup culture. So what is that culture about, right? It's about being highly efficient. It's about productivity hacking, biohacking, all of that stuff where every minute has to be accounted for and you have to be perfectly productive at every second or you're never going to achieve your highest, um, uh, your highest opportunity. And that was so important to me. And so I just started chasing more and more productivity tools. You know, if calendar blocking wasn't working, well, then I was going to add color to my calendar blocking and that was going to solve it. Or the Pomodoro timer was going to solve it. And I just kept going down that, that path. And I don't think my mind was open enough at the time to know what else to try. So I blamed myself. I was like, I don't have enough lack of willpower. I don't want it enough. You know, all that stuff that we do to ourselves. And so I just dug in my heels and went deeper and deeper. Um, and so obviously none of that worked. Every 10% that I would add created like 20% more dysfunction. Uh, and so that that's, I probably needed to look much broader at that point. But what I did was I dug in my heels and kept going and said, what's the next productivity blog that I can read? Who's going to tell me how to get this in, in, um, in shape now? And what's, what's going to be that final hack that will eventually work? Gotcha. Okay, so we're going to talk about what did eventually work. But I can imagine um, listeners writing in to ask, because I feel like this comes up all the time now. Uh, if you are aware of Gretchen Rubin's uh, four tendencies yep. system, and have you taken it? What do you think? Where do you fall? Oh, Any thoughts I on that? I haven't taken it. I'm aware okay. of it, but I haven't taken it. Now you're going to have me Googling right after this. <laughs> Well, no, because I think one of the types I think is rebel and it just it sounds like exactly what you're describing. And so I just wanted to kind of 
uh, beat the emails to the punch and just throw that in there yep, <laughs> for the enough. sake of <laughs> yeah enough. for the sake of that. Um, all right, so let's talk about what did work, um, which is a pretty unusual um, strategy, I think, for handling this. Can you tell us what you discovered? Yeah, so I discovered actually an um, old Eastern tradition called Ayurveda. Um, it's ancient Indian medicine. And the way that I got there was because of everything that I have just described to you. As you can imagine, I was a bit of a train wreck health-wise at this point. Um, you know, when you're growing a startup, I was traveling 85% of the time, had this dysfunction. Um, I shot my adrenals to absolute you know, they were gone, completely gone. And I was very, very sick. And so I was looking for solutions in that mode. And the same way I did with my time management, again, I'm in this startup place. So I go into biohacking, and I'm intermittent fasting, I'm on paleo, I'm drinking the bulletproof coffee, same thing is happening, right? Every 10% that I add, I am getting like 30% worse health, just everything is going in the complete wrong direction. And at the time, I was working with a personal trainer. And I got so, so, so lucky with him because I was just on the surface, he was just a personal trainer. But what his background actually was, he had a master's in movement therapy and some non-traditional therapies. And at the time, he was actually getting his doctorate in Chinese medicine, acupuncture, and some of these alternative healing. And he just needed cash while he was in school. So he happened to be doing personal training on the side and we happened to be connected. But as I was going through all of this, we started talking much more about what he was doing and caring much less about the workouts. Like the workouts were happening, it was fine, but we started talking about health and and what he was discovering in his school. And one day he said to me, he said, have you looked into the Ayurvedic traditions? Have you looked into their, um, you know, their different body, essentially body types, they call them doshas. Have you looked into those and, and seen which one you are? And maybe there's some answers to that for your health. So I went home and I Googled it, much the way I'm going to Google Gretchen Rubin right after this. And there are three dosha types. And the second I read the one that I ultimately am, and I am off the charts, you know, 100% this dosha type, a lot of people are, are mixes, but I'm 100% this type. So it answered so much for me, because the very first description I read of it, it said, you are either running a marathon, or you're laying on your couch for three months. And I about fell over because that is literally what I have done in my life. Like there are, <laughs> there are no 5Ks in my life. I have run several marathons and then I follow that up by pretty much not going outside for three months. So I really, and, and it went on to describe this type that you are going to live on one extreme or another. In many ways, it's an addictive personality type, right? Mm. Um, so you're either going to be all in or you're going to be doing nothing. So how does that translate into your health, into how you eat? You know, you are a person who can never say, oh, everything in moderation is fine because you can't handle moderation. And it just started to make so much sense. And it also said, this is the, the final one that really got me. It said, you crave and flourish under strict routine, but will rebel against it every chance you have. So it's kind of like wow. the worst dosha type to have because you, you live in this world of complete opposites and uh, ends of the spectrum. But for me, it was such a relief because finally, like I was reading this description and every line of it just made so much sense. And so I started diving into it for my health. My health immediately started getting much, much better. Um, everything that wasn't solved by everything everyone tells you to do for my health problems, you know, started clearing up almost immediately. And I realized I could use this for work too. I can accept the fact that I am going to live on one spectrum or another. And so how can I use that? How can I find moderation in 
allowing myself to swing from one end of the spectrum to the other, instead of trying to force myself to live in the middle of the spectrum that I never will live in. Uh, I have to take a pause and make sure that I write down that as a note for our (laughs) cold open because that was so great. How do I find... Okay. I absolutely love the concept of finding moderation in swinging back and forth from one extreme or one pole to another. Um, I don't think that I'm probably as much this type as you are, but there's a lot of this um, idea that I can relate to mm-hmm. for sure. And that idea of finding moderation, swinging back and forth and like learning to embrace it and be okay with it oh, makes me makes so Doesn't much it? Doesn't sense. It? to me. Absolutely. Um, I also have a bit of that addictive personality type as well. Um, and, and I don't think, like I said, I don't think quite as extreme, but, but this, it is a completely different way of looking at the world and absolutely the vast majority of time management and productivity advice does not apply when this is the way that you function. So I want to kind of, I want to break down, um, sort of the health side of things and the business side of things separately. Not because I actually think that they're separate things, but because I I just want to make sure that we cover our bases here. So can you kind of uh, talk us through some of the specific changes that you made health-wise, whether it was diet or it was exercise or sleep and rest um, that helped you start feeling better on a regular basis? Yeah. The first one that I changed was, was really diet. And again, this goes contrary to so much advice you hear for somebody who is in my situation, but I went vegan and even very raw vegan most of the time. And that changed everything for me. And again, a lot of people will say that's a bad plan for women, but for this kapha is my type. And again, when you were saying, you know, you're a little bit more moderate, when I was officially tested for this, I was off the charts kapha, like as kapha as you can get. That's the dosha type. And most people are combinations thereof. And so therefore, um, There's a lot of things that go into it, but raw vegan really makes sense for people with that dosha type, whereas it is a disaster for people with other um, dosha types. And so that change for me um, was was huge and was very important. And that's something that I have been really good at getting into a routine about, even though they will describe you that, again, the, the extremes, like the kapha craves the fast food, the fried stuff, that's everything that you crave very badly. But then, you know, you're you're going to excel when you're on the opposite side of the spectrum of it. So that's something that I've changed in my diet. That wasn't overly hard for me for whatever reason. I'm okay with living on that extreme all the time. Um, and that, that really changed. And then, yes, um, I've always lived this way in terms of working out. My whole life, I've actually been a competitive swimmer and done endurance races, you know, and marathons and all that. And that actually is really good for my body type. We do well with with endurance, long lasting things. I live in Colorado now. I backpack for weeks at a time. So that, yeah, that works really well for me. But what I now know is that there's going to be the swing on the other side and I can control that a little bit better. You know, before if I'd be training for a marathon and then all of a sudden the three months on the couch, now I know that that's coming and I can keep it in check a little bit more. Um, And it's not that it doesn't not come, but you just understand. It's all in the understanding of it, right? You understand what your tendency is going to be. And so therefore you can catch it and, and you can control it. Mm. So do you, do you schedule around it? Do you like, do you mark in your calendar? 
I'm going to need extra rest or like you maybe do you schedule your business stuff around it? Exactly. I do schedule my business that way now. So I do my business in three day swings um, because I go down the rabbit hole. You know, I'm a business strategist and I work with high level entrepreneurs um, designing business models for them. And so now I will take three days where I allow myself to just completely go down the rabbit hole of their business, create everything that they need, get completely engrossed in that world and not worry about anything else. Right. Again, like the addictive personality, but then I pull myself out. I don't do that anymore for days on end. Um, so I'll go gotcha. three days on and then three days off. I'm still working, right? I don't because the three days, just for whatever reason, that cycle works really well for me. So three days on and then three days off is not literally off, but it is not expecting myself to be able to produce high level projects, creativity, thinking. It's kind of admin what needs to get done type of um, time. And that usually includes extra hiking time with the dog or whatever. So it is a little bit of downtime, but I don't, um, it's not so extreme that I'm completely productive and then absolutely unproductive. You know, as you said, I can still get on a call during those times, right? I can be productive. It's just the the CEO time, the me time that gets scheduled differently. Gotcha. Okay. That makes complete sense to me. Um, all right. So we've got kind of the health side of things. Let's go a little bit further into the business side of things. Um, you mentioned that okay, you've got this kind of split schedule where you do allow that a bit of that addictive tendency or the sort of the deep dive tendency to happen. Um, But you also said that uh, your dosha works well in routine and with structure, even if you do rebel against it. And so that makes me think that you probably have some pretty good, uh, maybe different, but good systems that are at play in your business. How do you design or how do you think through or what kind of even systems are you using to ensure that you're getting done what needs to get done and that you don't go too far or that you can allow for that swing between poles. Yep. Um, and so the way that I built it in is a couple of different ways. Finally, after years, I can use project management software now because I have figured <laughs> out how to use it. So I use Trello and I use an agile lean system to create sprints that I want to get done. And I have an idea of what projects are coming, you know, what goals I want to happen for this quarter. I have all of that normal stuff that people have. But then if a three-day sprint, if you will, is coming up, I allow I don't schedule it in ahead of time. I generally know where I want to go and I will look when I know a three days is coming up and I have it free. You know, it's not client work. It's more CEO business work. I will look at the list of projects that will go into those three days and then I will choose. So it's very weird. Like I can have the three-day routines. I can know what needs to happen, but I can't need necessarily know very well what which project I can't schedule which project ahead of time so I can't look at my quarter and say these three days are this project these three days are the next project because I will freak out and not do it but if I have a list of 10 to choose from then number one I'm much calmer about it and number two I make the right choice in terms of priority of what needs to get done I just need to leave that like flexibility for the the rebel brain in me um, so that it's it, it just can't be written in the calendar, but it can be a list of priorities that need to happen this quarter. And then I, I feel like I'm choosing it of my own free will. And somehow then that that happens. And so that's built in. The other thing that's built in is around these three days, you know, if I am down the rabbit hole of a client project, I now have watched my natural tendencies. And I know if the project is going to get done and well, and in the time frame I want it to get done, I know where I need to be at the end of day one. 
right? So if day one is is a deep dive and it's a beautiful morning and I want to go for a hike with the dog or I want to do whatever I want to do, I can I can do that. And then I come home and I get everything done and I know generally where I need to be by the end of day one. Same with day two. And so then by the end of day three, I have a fantastic project that's complete. But again, I can't say that that project is going to happen between nine and five or between whatever hours you want to say. Um, I have to roll with the flow of the day and then make sure that I'm at the point I want to be by the end of that day. And for whatever reason, that works for me. For a lot of people then would then be scrambling between 10 10 p.m. and midnight, right, to get to where they needed to be by the end of day one. I don't. I naturally flow it through the day and have zero problem doing that. Um, But I just need that control to have a little natural flow of the day. I love that. And again, you are just speaking my language right now. Um, Not everything, but like 95% of what you're saying, I'm like, oh yeah, that is so me. That is exactly how I operate too. And I so appreciate too that you said, um, you know, this wouldn't work for everyone. And and this isn't a conversation about like prescribing this particular technique for other people, but a really interesting, to me, this is a really interesting deep dive in a completely different way of managing your time, managing your business, managing your systems. Um, One thing we haven't talked about to this point is goal setting. And I'm curious if you find that that your body type, your personality type, your way of thinking through these things affects the way that you set goals in addition to the way you get work done? That's an interesting question. What I would say is I don't know that it affects the way I set goals. You know, I still feel like I'm have very big goals for the business. You know, I I haven't backed down on anything. Um, I think that the goals are a lot easier to achieve because I'm not fighting for every step of every way. Now I know just how to get there in a sane way. Whereas before I would set similar types of goals and it was so painful every step, kicking and screaming to get anywhere near them. And now they just flow and they happen and they are just as ambitious as they used to be. Gotcha. So then what does your kind of goal setting and planning system look like? How often are you sitting down to set goals, create plans, look forward into the future? So I'm doing that, I think, a lot of the way that a lot of the traditional um, traditional advice would tell you to do. You know, I'm looking ahead a year at where I want to be in, within the next year, you know, at the beginning of the year. And then I'm breaking that down into quarterly goals. And then I'm breaking that down into monthly goals. And that's where those start then being broken down into three-day sprints that I can take on. And that's where it gets a little fluid, whereas within the month, I can pick and choose what I want to work on at the time. Um, but you're still hitting a monthly goal. And that's not when we're talking about the level of projects that I'm working on. It's not slowing down the team, you know, if I'm picking and choosing within a month, because again, if like little tasks need to get done, they get done. But when I'm able to look at my month and be flexible with my month, I still hit the end month goal. So then we hit the end quarter goal and hit the end yearly goals. Gotcha. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Are there any other sort of mind and body wellness techniques that you're utilizing to feel great, to feel productive, to feel kind of at peak performance? Um, it's so funny because it is a lot of the more Eastern traditions bringing bringing those in. You know, I I do a lot of um, a, a lot of meditation at this point. I take a lot of thoughtful time and just try to slow down because I've always been so extreme high achieving level that I've, I've gone to the other edge. And if you would have told me that I would have embraced all of these alternative 
which I don't even think they're alternative anymore, right? But these quote unquote alternative things in my life to make things um, work better. I would have really laughed at you, but I I do rely on meditation in a, in a big way. And in this, I manage that in the same way. You know, I enjoy doing that for 10 to 20 minutes every day, but there will be times where I go down the rabbit hole of three days of meditation if I feel oh, wow. like I'm going and not sitting in silent meditation the whole time, but just take that quiet time and really get myself tuned back in if I feel myself going way too far to um, back to the high achievement personality. That's one way that I'll push and pull myself back and just sit for some time and make sure that everything's, you know, still in alignment and still making sense to me. Because I know that if I start to get a little bit off track and I start to feel that go, go, go kind of tendency, then I will get to the far end of the spectrum and it'll be really, really hard to, to pull it back and get it under control. Awesome. Okay, cool. I'm so excited about this conversation. I was at the beginning. I'm even more conver- more excited about it now. Um, is, is there anything else that you want that we haven't covered about Ayurveda or, or just how you have kind of developed your own system before we start to kind of close it out here? You know, I think you touched on it, but I do really want to emphasize that this is, I'm no, you know, Ayurveda expert. And this certainly isn't, you know, telling anybody how they can do their thing. I cannot even tell you how much hate I got and how, when I couldn't follow systems, I was told to my face, I didn't want it enough. I was told that I shouldn't be in business because I was taking opportunity from other people. And again, like we were hitting goals. We were very high achieving company was when I was in this and people, because I couldn't color code a calendar, um, people literally told me I shouldn't be in business. And so I just want to share this story to tell people that there are other ways to do this, whether it's this way. I've never met anyone else who manages their time this way, right? So this might not be for you, but if you can't color code a calendar, like you can still be in business and you can still find a process and a way that works for you. And don't listen to everybody who tells you that you are taking opportunity from them because you don't use your freaking Pomodoro timer. I think that that one took the cake for me. That is awful. And people should sometimes just keep their mouth shut. <laughs> right, right. So but I, I think, you know, that was an extreme example. But I think people get that kind of feedback a lot that you're not good enough if you if you can't get these systems in place. And I think, you know, tuning into yourself and exploring whether there's another reason that you can't get the system in place because it's just not right for you is really important and finding something that is even if it is super you know weird and out of the box kind of like mine is totally all right awesome well i would love to hear about what you're working on next with your business and uh, how we can find out more about what you actually do not just Arabeta and uh all that and and how we might be able to work with you Yeah, absolutely. Um, My website's over at themichellewarner.com. Like I said, I'm a business strategist. I design business models for people. And I've worked at a pretty high level with mostly high six-figure and seven-figure business owners, helping them scale to their next level. But I'm very excited because I have been doing some testing over the past six months in how to help folks at a little bit of a, uh, of a lower revenue level um, who have hit their first revenue plateau and help them understand once they're done with all the top 10 checklists that we find and all the free advice and introductory courses, how to help them understand how to start owning their business and understanding that their business is not a template and how to create um, a business model that works for them. So I'm, I'm starting to do that in small group settings and the initial results and testing that we've gotten have just been off the charts. So I'm super excited to be rolling that out and just helping 
helping um, those entrepreneurs who get stuck a little bit uh, get to the next level. So if you're interested in hearing about any of that, that is over at themichellewarner.com. Perfect. Well, Michelle Warner, this has been a fascinating conversation. I'm looking forward to doing some serious Googling after this, uh, after this conversation. Uh, So thank you for sharing your, your journey and your discoveries and all the amazing and different changes that you've made to really, uh, you know, figure out how you work best. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me and hit me up after you do the Googling. Tell me what dosha type you are and, and we can chat about it. I will. Find out more about Michelle Warner at themichellewarner.com. What Works is brought to you by CoCommercial. Okay, so what exactly is CoCommercial? CoCommercial is a social network, event producer, and support hub, especially for small business owners in the digital space. We know you want to turn the business you've started into something that will stand the test of time, provide for you and your family, and help your customers transform their lives or work. We connect you to people who get the obstacles you're facing as an entrepreneur. We produce events to educate, connect, and inspire you on your journey. We're a community of business owners who help you find creative solutions to your unique challenges without reinventing the wheel. Here's how it works. Step one, join CoCommercial. Step two, share a challenge, obstacle, question, or setback you're currently facing in your business. Step three, get personalized answers from a diverse community of experienced business owners. Step four, never waste time on Google or Facebook trying to find answers for your business again. We're not another online course. We're not a free group where you get lost in a sea of self-promotion. We're not a cut and paste template for doing business online. And we're not aiming to teach you a hundred new things you don't have time for. We're here to support you on your journey. We help you get back on track and back to running, managing, and growing your business as quickly as possible. No fluff, just personalized, just-in-time answers to your biggest and smallest questions. Ready to give it a try? Request your invitation to the network today. Go to cocommercial.co. That's cocommercial.co. That's it for this week's episode of What Works. If you love getting a behind-the-scenes look at how real small business owners are making it work, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. We also appreciate you leaving a review and sharing the podcast with your friends or colleagues. What Works is produced by Rosie Medias and edited by Marty Seafelt. Kristen Runvik prepares our show notes. Our opening music is by The Shrugs and our ad music is by Marley Carroll. Tune in next week for another look at how small businesses actually work.